Uh, what up, guys and girls? It is Bobby. And it's Sean. And we are back again. We're back. We do this a lot, so y- you can't hold it as against us. If, if you're listening at this point, like, you know it's coming. We'll get a couple good weeks in, and then you'll have to be ghosted for a while. It's like a really bad Instagram slash Tinder account. Like, you just got to follow. Yeah, you know, we get busy, and then we fall off the boat for a little bit, but we hop back on, on the boat, so... We're back for this week's episode of the Cronus Cast. As always, respond to you guys by 10,000. Use the code Cronus at 15 for 50% off of any future orders from 10,000. They've got a lot of cool stuff on the side that uh, we've been helping work on, so uh, keep tuned for 10,000. Um, they've been great with helping out not only uh, the scholarship, but also helping out with contributions and helping keep us uh, in business and helping support us. So. Really love the products. Uh, they're the only shorts that I wear when I work out, and pretty much like the only clothes I wear when I work out nowadays. So uh, hit them up and give them a shout out. Yeah, I've got my inventory restocked because now that I'm getting back to weightlifting, I need workout clothes, and I'm not going to get away with the three inch Nike shorts that I was wearing for the last six months. So yeah, the the, the tactical shorts are really nice. I'm a huge fan of the tactical shorts. Yeah, they're very comfortable, and I I like their shirts too. Granted, now they fit me a little bit more loosely than I would like. Um, the shirts are a very nice quality. And again, just better than Lulu. So why spend a ton of money on a shirt that has not changed in a decade? And uh, But yeah, use code currency for 15 for 15% off at 10000 um, And always let us know if you have any questions about them. Uh, Sean, recently you finished a quite a physical feat. Finished is the keyword. Uh, not well, not not super poorly, but the the race was somewhat, I think, disappointing for my expectation going in. And what did you do? I did an Ironman triathlon, which I think it's probably only the second time it's ever been done in history. Um, so you could say I'm. Uh, Trendsetter, if you sign up for an Ironman after this, let me know and I will walk you off that ledge or I will tell you what uh, went well for me and what did not go well. But uh, it was a really, I guess it was fun. I really can't remember much of it now at this point. It's like ranger school, but it happened and it's over and I am going back to weightlifting. This is not going to be a reoccurring challenge that I take. What was the, uh, from what you remember, the hardest part from it? Oh, 100% was the bike. I raced on Saturday. I guess what was that, the 18th? Um, I got to Maryland two days prior before the race, and the two nights leading up to the race, I slept absolutely horribly. I was so nervous. I have had several bike issues in training on the half Ironman. I had a double pop on my back which took up about 35 to 40 minutes, uh, if you remember from a you know, couple months ago on the podcast. And so I was terrified that I was going to have a bike issue. Um, I swam 2.6 miles instead of 2.4 just because I wanted to avoid some of the traffic. And I'm a confident enough swimmer that I knew I was going to go at a pretty decent pace to still be competitive within my age group. And then the bike came, and I had a flat tire after 20 miles, thought I fixed it. And now looking back at photos, the bike ended up taking an hour and a half longer than I anticipated in a train for and practice for. 
and I saw that my back tire was flat uh, 20 miles, 30 miles after I fixed it. And then the next day was completely drained of any air uh, when I was loading my bike up to come home. So that was really, that was the hardest part for sure. And then the run was just getting through the run. Yeah, the run was, I felt definitely not fueled for it, which I think was because the bike had taken significantly longer than I'd ever trained for a ride, which maybe I could have avoided. But for a six month training plan, it, it went how it went. I ran the first eight to nine miles pretty comfortably and then started hitting like really bad walls where literally there was, I had nothing. Uh, My tank was completely depleted and I would run a block, walk a block. And then by the time I hit mile 16 through 18, it was the slowest trudge slash run walk I've ever done in my life. And, uh, yeah, I, I think my nutrition was a huge factor in, me hurting on the bike, but like mentally I was pretty, pretty disappointed with how I finished. What's a kind of one takeaway that you learned from this whole experience? Uh, the, the mental resiliency piece, just keeping on, keeping on, I don't know what the phrase is, keeping on going, mm-hmm. uh, finishing it out. I, the, the race did not go well as soon as I got on the bike and started seeing that my pace was nowhere near where it needed to be, even though I was in the same gear doing the same cadence. And so by the time I hit the halfway mark at 56 miles, 60 miles, I wanted to quit. I knew I was not going to finish in the time that I'd projected for myself that I knew I was capable of doing the Ironman in. And it was more of a, I trained for six months for this and and this is my, my result. And during a break where I was filling up water and getting some nutrition, I ran across uh, another, you know, triathlete and his simple question was, were you planning on winning the race? And I said, no. He goes, well, then shut the fuck up and, and knock it out. It's Mm -hmm. like, all right, that was good. That's what I needed to hear. So, I mean, just, just finishing it, just, you know, not being a baby, realizing like, I'm still pretty fortunate that I got to do this kind of a race and train for it and you know, this is how it was. I can't, I can't change anything now. Yeah. I mean, like as far as Ironmans go, like not many people have completed an Ironman. Let me see. I mean, I feel like a ton of people have when I'm at the race and there's, you know, a couple thousand people, but the, I guess in the grand total of triathletes, it's probably a very small percentage. So I just Googled, percentage or how many people complete iron man so there are eight iron in the united states approximately 2,000 finishers it's probably 16,000 per year so you're in quite in rarefied error just from finishing an iron man yeah i mean i'm proud to be done with the race i'm glad that i finished it i'm not going to be one of those people that goes oh i i want a race to go sub 11 hours that was my goal uh, I didn't come anywhere close to that. So I'm I'm not going to get back on my bike or try to get different gear and knock it out again. I just wanted to pick a different kind of fitness challenge here and, you know, train up for it for about six months. And But now I'm going to get back to getting jacked because I can't let you be the only uh, Cronus Fit dude that, that looks shredded and, and stretches out the tees. Yeah. It's been, uh, I mean... It's been nice since we opened up the, the hospital gym, so I work out with some of the, some of the other residents. With the patients? Um, 
no, not the patients. Very few patients will be able to work out. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's great to you know expand your fitness demands and try something new. Um, you know, I did tried doing the ultra <coughs> marathon training, but that didn't quite pan out as much as I'd like. And now at this point, I'm just uh, not feeling it. I do not want to like go back and run. I just don't have the time to run as much well, anymore. It's just, it's like uh, one of those, if you're not feeling it, especially for a super long workout day where you were going, you know, into the 20s of miles or into the 20s, I sound like a moron, you know, 20 plus miles that you were doing, it, like, it's super boring if you're by yourself. Like if you don't have a training partner, if your day is not off to a great start. Uh, if you're in a, a, a great relationship with someone else, knowing that you're going to spend half that day or most of the weekend away training for something that's kind of like individualistic, like it can be mentally tough to to want to go and execute that. And that's where I was getting by like month five. I was like, I am so done with this mm-hmm. training. I'm tired of wasting my weekends. I'm tired of waking up and figuring out and looking back at photos too of like, I remember that was a great day, but I was also thinking, where am I going to swim later? Because I'm on vacation. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, I think mentally more challenging than physically. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. Especially just like the fact that you're committing yourself to, because it's like super long endurance events. So in order to do well on it, you have to commit yourself to doing like four or five, six hour workouts, which for the average person, like, you know, that works Monday through Friday, nine to five, that's not a huge commitment, you know, that you can fit in like two hour workouts on your working days. But like, you know, for us with school and other, like having work you do at home, it's not really very feasible. No, not sustainable. No. And even thinking something stupid, like a vacation weekend that you want to take, it's, it's not being able to, at least in my experience, and I didn't go to an extreme with this, but I didn't want to have like two drinks on a Friday night. I uh, couldn't really sleep in because in the summer you want to take advantage of cooler, you know, weekend mornings. It it just became like a very, this is controlling me for the next six months. And that's one of the things that really also kept me going on the race and just finishing it. It was a, you owe this to for you know in my in my case to Alyssa like I owe it to her to finish this race for wasting in my opinion a lot of weekends mm-hmm. uh, and not performing to that level that you know we had discussed and so like finish this race at a minimum for you and for her because you know you, you dedicated a lot of time to this and to quit would would be really uh kind of like an affront to that relationship and and not taking it seriously enough to finish it out yeah, and that's mentioning you no know, quitting would make you a quitter. So and we don't believe in that. Yeah, absolutely not. Do not do not believe in in quitters uh, whatsoever. All right, sorry for the little break, guys, but we're back. Um, we're talking about what we're talking about weekends. Quitting, quitting weekends, yeah, wasting time, sacrificing, you know. Yeah, think, and just uh, don't don't be a quitter. Oh, one of the things too with like the mental check on it was. Like on the bike, one of the things that was really difficult, and this is like a a very superficial thing to be concerned about, but like with endurance training, I think the the difference between male athletes and female athletes uh, shrinks considerably. Whereas like you look at the CrossFit Games or the Olympics, the, the men and women are pretty separated by both numbers and speed. But with endurance, 
the the women and the men are, are almost equal in some instances. Mm-hmm. And like, granted, mm-hmm. at top levels, there's a there's a decent divide. But I was getting passed by a lot of different shaped people, um, by a, do- a lot of different aged people, and it was like it was almost humiliating at some point because you're like I- I'm I'm getting crushed by somebody that like probably can't even deadlift their body weight or like looks grossly out of shape. Like you would look at them and go, oh my God, they only eat fast food, but they blow by you. And it's like, all right, if something's wrong with my bike or I'm not feeling it, like if they were doing it, I'm going to do it. Like I, I am not, but it, it, it hurts when you train so long and you think you look really good to lose to somebody that, that does not look at like that prototypical athlete. Yeah. I mean like, but like at the same time though, I think it's in context. You're not really like, you're not a, triathlete by any means you're just like wanting to try doing it and yeah. the goal wasn't really to like win or like the place really high the goal was to really complete it yeah absolutely and that that's just something you got to keep uh reminding yourself i think that that you know that counts for anything you do like in the military like you're gonna find people are are studs that don't look like studs uh ranger school in particular like day zero you're showing up and some people look completely ripped out of their mind and then they can't do, you know, over 40 push-ups. They can't run a five mile and sub 40. Um, so don't judge a book by its cover. I think that was the ultimate message that the Iron Man uh, taught me. And don't, don't suck and quit. Yeah. It's like when I ran that, my marathon, uh, I think that was kind of the similar vibe that I had, but at the same time, like I just didn't really care because my goal going to the marathon was just like, just to finish it so i didn't really have any you know any goals or any you know preconception of how fast i should run a marathon i was just gonna run one and see what happened you also didn't train for it you were just like i'm gonna this is gonna be my yearly run quota right here one time yeah that was my couch to marathon in one day <laughs> um it was still pretty brutal uh, but it wasn't like i don't know it wasn't it was pretty unbreachable actually because it was like snowing yeah it and, rained and snowed on you yeah it was pretty terrible pretty miserable but i digress anyways the point that i was trying to make is that like you i think it depends on like expectation management i think is a good way of thinking about it for sure like you don't go to i mean some people might but you typically like you don't go to ranger school or like selection to be like the honor graduate or whatever you go because you want you want to pass right yeah and like finish it and so you know unless you're that type of person that has trained and wants to get the honor graduate what have you but you know if you set your expectations certain level and expect your expectations and your goals a certain level just by achieving it i think that's like a huge deal like finishing a marathon finishing a triathlon like an ironman triathlon or it's like a huge deal and very few people can do that yeah for sure i think expectation management was something that if i were to do one again and i'm not i would have a much better idea going in how it was going to feel who I was going to compete with if I wanted to compete with others other than just hitting a personal goal and finishing. Um, I think it's a maturity thing. You know, you to, to this point, you know, being relatively successful at, at almost every single kind of facet, not like not to humble brag, but humble brag, but like, you know, you're successful in life. Like you wouldn't be a failure to get to the point that you're at. And, and facing that kind of resistance was really the first time I think I've ever struggled with, like, I am not doing great at something, or I am not at least better than average here. Um, and that was, 
that was definitely like, I'm glad I went through it and I did it. And I figured that out about myself. Like I've grown as a person. I'm so great. Pat me on the back. But that was, that was probably a takeaway. Yeah. Like super humbling to, to not crush something for once. Yeah. Yeah. Like I look good in a tri suit. <laughs> I look good in a wetsuit on the swim. I was really, I was, I'm good at the swim, but you know, I look good. Why didn't I perform goodly? Like that's something that, you know, I would, I'd want to fix. I would have, much rather performed as well as I looked. That that should have really been the standard. That should be the standard. Mm. Yeah. But I was like, just finishing it and then, you know, having the takeaways of not quitting and then it's just like, you know, like learning some new, something new about yourself that you're able to push through like the terrible zonks and still made yep. finish. Yeah, you hit the walls. I really only did it for a t-shirt. Um, that you're wearing? Yeah, well, no, well, not this one. The one that was like Iron Man Maryland, but this is really cool. They, they, their gear is all sponsored by Lululemon. Like, we're not there yet at, as Cronus Fit, but I mean, because we would never do it because we're ten thousand. But this is like a this is a decent like long sleeve. Uh, if one were to have to purchase like a long sleeve, not for working out, because this would not be a workout material. Are you gonna get the uh, Iron Man tattoo now? Fuck no. I saw so many of those tattoos. Okay, if you're listening to this and you've done an Iron Man, maybe you're faster than me. I don't care. But what I know for sure is I have better tattoos than you. If you have an Iron Man tattoo, that's like putting a Ranger tab on the back of your Toyota Tacoma. Or what's the small truck? Ford is it Ranger? T- no, Tacoma. the Ford Ranger. Yeah, is it, Tacoma. Is it yeah. Tacoma, yeah. You have a desert-painted toyota tacoma with like the running headlights you've got a ranger tab back there you probably have your infantry blue cord hanging down that's the type of person that gets the iron man tattoo not only is the m this thing like really ugly on calves most people don't have good looking calves Mm. but when they get the tattoo with whatever the inside of the logo for instance like the maryland flag or like a crab here if you you know for the crabby nation for iron man maryland like that's just weird because if you got a tattoo there you probably like they have tallies i've seen people with like i've done this iron man and this iron man and this iron man it's like that's great but if you've done more than one iron man and you're still only just in front of me that's bad like that's like if you have a crossfit games tattoo uh, but you've only competed uh at the open like yeah that's dumb I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a fair comparison. Okay, making maybe making regionals, but not getting to the games. Like, I don't see any of the elite level Ironman athletes, and I follow a bunch of them on Instagram and YouTube because they have really like entertaining content for working out. I don't see any of them with Ironman tattoos. Are you sure? They probably do somewhere. Ah, no, like the. No, I honestly, like, some of them have tattoos. Very few of them actually have tattoos, but there's something ugly about the Iron Man tattoo. Yeah. I mean, I've just seen, like, plenty of people have them on their, on their prototypical, like, Iron Man logo on their calf. Yeah, or on their, their ankle. It's just weird. Like, of all the tattoos that you could get and the money you could spend on tattoos, I would never get an Iron Man logo. That's just... I. It's it's like what Kenny Powers said to uh, the principal in Eastbound and Down, like episode one. I'm not trying to be the best at working out, you know, because he plays real sports. Like mm-hmm. that's like somebody playing, uh, 
D3 college soccer and having a soccer ball on their calf. I don't... Yeah, absolutely. You're in rarefied company. Not many people play NCAA sports. You know, only uh, 98% of us go pro at something else. Okay, well then, why the fuck did you get a tattoo saying you did it? Like, that's like having a ranger tab tattooed on you. What about, like, uh, the Olympic athletes who get the Olympic rings tattooed on them? Oh, my God, yeah. If I was in the Olympics, I'd have the Olympic rings on my throat. Like, (laughs) you know, I... That's really cool. You you are in super rarefied air. I mean, that's like I discovered uh, Antarctica, Antarctica. Antarctica. Why can't I speak? I discovered a continent, a cold one, a lonely one. Like I discovered something phenomenal. I am the best in my country at this one thing. I mean, there must have been. I would say what ten percent. That's probably still speaking in in extremes. But ten percent of people have this Iron Man tattoo that have repeatedly done Iron Man triathlon yeah but i mean like there's still it's still like po- less than 0.1 percent of the people ha- that have completed an iron man though sure but you know i would say less than 0.1 percent of bodybuilders have torn a phone book in half so you're gonna get a phone book tattooed on you <laughs> this is a terrible argument this is like well, uh, uh, how many people have pulled over 500 pounds on deadlift should we get that tattooed on us I think a lot of people, a lot more people, have pulled five hundred pounds deadlift than have finished Ironman. As a percentage of what? So if we have like twenty million, twenty million lifters in the in the country, I would say that more or less we're at the same amount of those people percentage wise can lift five hundred pounds as to triathletes and then the subset community of Ironman triathletes. I don't think so. Okay, well, then what would uh, what would be another good, you know, metric? Because if less than one percent of the army is ranger qualified, getting a ranger tattoo is the same thing as getting an Iron Man tattoo. That'd probably be pretty accurate. That's probably a pretty fair comparison, and along the same same idea in terms of um, you know, an endurance event. Very rare that people get to finish it. Very very rarefied error, so to speak. I think they'd be kind of on on par, like getting a ranger tab versus getting an Iron Man tattoo. Yeah. So. I don't have a Ranger Tab tattoo, nor will I ever. I also am never going to put that on my vehicle. It's the same way I won't put the Iron Man logo on, definitely not on my car, uh, and definitely not as a tattoo on my body. I That's the other thing. On the front of my, my shin, I've got, there's no reason to be alive if you can't do deadlift. I have to get back to earning that tattoo. If I put an Iron Man logo on the back of my calf... Every single year, I'm going to be reminded that I have to do this race in order to earn the tattoo. All my other tattoos I earn because they're part of, like, my story every single day. Like, I find yeah. something in my tattoo that motivates me. I'm yeah, not totally. getting that fucking tattoo. Totally the Viking yeah, totally. thing is. The Viking thing totally is a, is a... Yeah, I've got Odin. He can only see out of one eye. When I'm outside and it's bright and I don't have a hat or sunglasses, I'm like, oh, one eye closed. There's my Odin thing for the day. Oh, I've got J.R.R. Tolkien's Misty Mountain on my forearm. That's real easy. I go, where do I wish I was today? Oh, the mountains. Done. I could do this with all my tattoos. George Washington crossing the Delaware. Badass American. Me. My life. My story. Need I say more? Iron Man tattoo. Never sucked at it. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> but anyways, 
I don't uh, know. Last I thing on the Iron Man. Com- I think it's a good, com- like a good accomplishment that if you wanted an Iron Man tattoo, I think it'd be an okay thing to get. Yeah, Bobby thinks it would be an okay thing to get, but trust me, as the tattoo expert of this of our of our duo, even though Bobby's tatted out, that's a dumb tattoo. Don't get it. Cover it up. Make it something cool. Uh, what I was going to say though is, I've got two indoor trainers. Um, one is mine. I'm not getting rid of it. So I really have one trainer that I'm going to be offloading here in the next couple months. Next time I get to my storage unit, it is a kinetic roller. It's a rock and roller. I, I guess that's the cool name how they want to sell it. Um, but it's a wheel on trainer. Uh, I'm going to give it away to someone on the Cronus fit Instagram family, Facebook family, one of the Cronus fam. If you are training up truly to do a triathlon or you truly are going to do an Ironman and, and you've already started or you've templated to do it and you've got a bike and you need the components, hit us up, hit me up on my Sean at chronosfit.org or HQ or however you want to hit us up. Um, we'll talk through it and in like a couple months or a month, I'll, we'll ship that out to you for free for, for, for no cost on you. Um, won't cost you a dime. You can have this indoor trainer. It pairs with... Uh, the the Zwift app, I think. I'm sure it does. Yeah, it pairs with Zwift. Um, so you can really train indoors during the winter. It it's a great training thing to have. Uh pretty easy to set up. We'll talk through that. But again, if you're interested in it, hit me up. We'll talk through getting it out to you. And then you'll autograph it as well. Yeah, I'll we'll autograph it and uh put a couple Iron Man uh stickers in it for you. With with my autograph. Those can go on a vehicle because it's sexy. Yeah, don't forget to autograph some uh, some headshots as well. Your oh, from Iron Man. Speaking of autographs, we've got a Tata Motors uh, truck somewhere in Afghanistan with our Cronus Fit sticker on it that some Johnny Taliban is driving around. Uh, so, like, and and it also has a West Point football sticker on it. So, um, oh, if you yeah. are a listener in <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> And you're not being too oppressed to get out and find this truck. Find it for us and, and let us know who's driving it. I'd like to know what level of Taliban soft uh, got their hands on this really sexy truck. Oh, yeah. I did I did forget about that truck. That's interesting that you mentioned that. I wonder, like, how much stuff is, you know, branded in Afghanistan that's being used by the Taliban at this point. Yeah, I mean, like, we don't uh, support, condone, or sponsor the Taliban. So if you're in Afghanistan and, and you see someone driving that truck with our sticker on it, uh, you have our permission to completely remove the sticker. Of course, do this uh, during the cover of night. Um, we don't want you to be apprehended because you're defacing a uh, Taliban government vehicle. Um, although if you're in Kabul, uh, chances are the Taliban are probably at the water park or at the zoo, uh, because Taliban leadership is really pissed off right now. All of their guys in the city are are not focusing on their jobs, which is weird. How would how would they know how to run a city? But they're they're too busy going on day trips because they've never been to you know Kabul. I I, I can't believe that was a real story. Stop taking uh, you know selfies, guys. Where we have a job here. Yeah, they had the uh, the one that I, I thought I originally thought that was like a prank, like a Photoshop of the guys at the water park with like their AKs yeah. on like the on the swan boats or whatever. Yeah, there's I a guy with an cool. RPG on a swan boat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it goes. It's like there's a hostage photo from uh, like somewhere on the coast of Africa where the hostage is sitting in the boat 
and there's a dude pointing an RPG into the bottom of the boat, and someone's looking like, can someone tell him to to point this somewhere else? This is this is really stupid. Like, can you imagine that? Imagine if they tried to replicate like a marine beach landing using those pedal boats. Like, that's going to be the next level of propaganda. It's only a matter of time. Um, yeah. We took Kabul. Now we take the beaches. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> the Taliban Marine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is going on? Uh, I went upstate uh, towards Poughkeepsie, spelled like doe with a P and then Keepsie. So it could be Poughkeepsie or Poughkeepsie. I'm not sure. I'm not from New York. Uh, underwhelmed by that town, but I went walking around uh, on the banks of the Hudson near where the Vanderbilt Mansion is and Mills Mansion. What beautiful countryside that we have in the United States. Like, up, upstate New York is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I mean, you went to West Point, so I w- sorry. You went to a, a, a gray prison, but it's a, the, the greens are just... It's it's incredible, and that that body of water is gorgeous. So, um, I would say if you go to West Point, you need to, get to experience any of that. So uh, that First sucks. First of all, Poughkeepsie is one train station away from West Point. Okay, well, you and didn't... it's south of West Point. So it like, is yeah. no <laughs> Poughkeepsie no. is south of West Point. It's south of West. No, it's it can't. Yes, be. it is. While you pull it up on the map, I'm going to keep talking uh, I'm about. Telling the, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, magical place is Poughkeepsie. It really, it's south. I've taken the train from the West Point train stop down to New York City. Poughkeepsie is on the way to 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 New York. Okay, well, I'm going up. That's Hudson. typically the stop that I wake up on when I come back from the city. Uh, I used to come back from the city at nighttime. Because you wake up at Poughkeepsie so you don't sleep and miss your train stop. And then you get stuck in, like, some random place. And, you know, and it also ironically called Upstate New York because it's an hour north of New York City. Not even. Oh, no, 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 my friend. Poughkeepsie is north. Yeah, Poughkeepsie north. I'm right. How You're much wrong. north? How much north? Uh, like 10 miles north. Okay, so the next stop. Yeah, I'm sure it's the next stop. It's the better part of the upstate New York that is not at that uh, fancy boys' school It's 45 minutes north Hudson. of New York City. It's not north. Anyways, the Hudson Valley. No, Poughkeepsie Valley. Is, is like over an hour. It took me two hours to get to Poughkeepsie from Jersey. Uh, yeah, from Jersey. Yeah. It's hardly upstate New York. Upstate well, would be like Albany. That's upstate New York. Well, I'm looking at my, my phone and I'm zooming out enough with uh, the iPhone where I can see Poughkeepsie and Albany in the same image, but New York City is nowhere to be seen. So I would say from this vantage point, Poughkeepsie and Albany seem to be pretty, pretty close. You might as well be up in the Great Lake of Ontario next to Montreal. And Vermont. Geography. I do good. The Hudson Valley is very nice. I do remember going back and visiting West Point, like, after graduating from West Point. It's a really nice campus. I, like, totally take it for for granted. Get it? (laughs) Did you just take it for granted? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally take it for granted uh, being there. Um, But it's, like, really nice, like, campus. It's very pretty. Um, definitely has an allure to it that you kind of don't really appreciate when you're there because you're stuck in a shithole, kind of not having fun. 
I um, tried to go to West Point uh, a couple months ago just to walk around, but the vid had it shut down to to visitors, even war heroes, which I was shocked by. I mean, like you should, you guys should go uh, to like one of the home the home football games. They're actually pretty good this year. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Dude, if I wanted to go see a team just run the ball, I'd go to a cross country meet. I'm telling, it's a good experience. You should go. It's fun. So I can see what's your, what's your whistling cheer called? The the, the rocket. Rah-rah? The rocket. That's what it is. The rah rah would be a much tougher name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the rocket. I mean, it's. I think it's kind of cool. You should definitely go to West Point game while you're still able to, while you're still in, in the area. Because when you leave, you're never gonna go back. I will. I'm going to be here for for a while, so I will. I'll see a football game. I might go to an Army Navy game. Go to Army Navy. It's a medlife this year. Yeah, I'll I'll look at going to that. Um, I don't know what you know when the game is. It's in December, right? December eleventh. Like, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, I could probably get away with going to that. I. I it's don't a know. Met, it's literally a medlife, so it's like right there for you, anyways. Who do you Philly. think? Who do you think like is gonna win now? Because I I felt like most people that were good at football, like not good enough obviously to go to a, like a real good Division One program, but wanted to serve, were fine with going to like Army or Navy. But it was one of those: do I want to go to war or do I want to go to Hawaii? And people went to Navy because of that choice. Now with the wars being over, do you think Army's gonna consistently have like a better recruiting class? Dude, Army is like pretty good this year. I'm not like not just saying that, but they're pretty good this year. They have like a really good team. They're three zero right now. I mean, but who have you played? Uh, I can't remember, uh, but they upper played, like, Middlebury Community College. All right, let me just Google West Point football. The linemen that played Army are only like 220 pounds, right? 180, 185. No, they're like two. They're like normal size now. They like I think have a loosened, lessened, loosened up. They're four zero right now. That's pretty good. They play hey, Georgia we, State, Western Kentucky, uh, Connecticut, and then Miami. Southern Ohio. Connecticut or real Connecticut? Uh, Western Connecticut, Kentucky, Western Kentucky. Oh, just Connecticut, yeah, UConn. Oh, so an actual state team, no longer like the we're separating our state to yeah to give credence. Oh. They play Ball State next weekend, and they play Wisconsin in a couple weeks. Uh well, <laughs> I don't know. I like. I mean, I cheer for Army. I give Army a lot of shit. We've clearly got a lot of friends that were on the Army football team. Uh, I think of anyone, Army football probably has a better track record with getting guys to pass Ranger School, SF Selection, going to Ranger Regiment, going Combat Arms, and the rest of that school does. Because so. Yeah, well, wrestling is in their own league. Any wrestling, like cadet uh, or incoming soldier, is going to be just a a hunk of meat. Just incredible, uh, physically gifted. But I would say, thinking back on it, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, most of the West Point football players that we know were all pretty damn good at at armying uh, and definitely being physically fit well after their ranger school experience a year into their service and, and not like just being a aware of the uh, tab yeah i think the whole like uh you know sports and that side and that like commodity from being on a sports team is you know directly transferable to military and leadership as things like that 
Oh, for sure. Um, Not like the fake army or West Point leadership that, you know, I was battalion commander at West Point. Oh, you were? Yeah. Totally transferred over. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you should be a battalion commander now. You'd be able to write a letter saying you're resigning because you're being forced to take a flu shot. You could get get a lot of uh, follows for 10 minutes on LinkedIn. Um, But, yeah, I would say, like, Army football, pretty good this year. I'm really looking forward to Army-Navy. Unfortunately, I'm not sure if I'll be able to watch it. I'm going to be up at um, in Seattle on cardiothoracic rotation, so I'm not sure if I'll have time to see it. But Damn, you dude. should well, definitely I, go. I'll watch it then go. in your honor. Navy's not doing well this year. They've already no, fired terrible. and, and yeah, rehired their coach. Yeah, yeah. No, you should uh, for sure go to Army-Navy and, and MetLife. Okay, yeah. I will, I'll look at getting tickets. I mean, I'm right here. You're literally since, right there. <laughs> and since I'm no longer in the army, I can really just go all in on the shit talking. I won't have to worry about not getting command. I don't need it. Um, I don't have to worry about making field grade and then being a yes man for the next 10 years before I grow a conscience. I don't need it. If you decide to go, I will inquire about tailgates and then I'll let you know what tailgates to go to. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Uh, I can also ask... Uh, my buddy who was a tanker, he's a Ranger Tab tanker, um, but I'm sure that tank community knows where all the best food is. So if anything, that's who I should be coordinating with is the the tankers and uh, maybe field artillery. Yeah, they probably have some good food. Definitely yeah. not the infantry. That's going to be like some keto, paleo bullshit. Here's some cooked kale crisp chips. Um, here are some nuts and here's a couple rocks to put in your pocket. Yeah, because well, I was when I was in uh, in Jersey, we went to three of the four Army navies, and I was there. It's a lot of fun, man. Very yeah. intro- very enjoyable. I wonder if Biden will go. I wonder if that chant will happen while he's there. That's happened oh, at yeah. like all the other uh, all the Thompson. other yeah. you know Southern programs. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I would be interested I'll, I'll look into it if you're going to army navy this year and you know of a good tailgate i'll inquire into tickets separately but hit us up and let us know where to go let me know what to wear too if i decide to go to this game i want to look the part so no i'm not wearing you know some what are you guys the gray knights no no it's not the gray knights the Black Knights. I think it's Army West Point now. I don't think Army West Black Point. Knights. Yeah, no. I'm not gonna buy any West Point stuff. So I'll wear gray or black or yellow, essentially looking like a Steelers fan. But yeah, okay. I'm thinking about this. You're talking me into this uh, live on broadcast. I've been fun. I've been to two. I went to one and I actually marched on the field. Uh, no big deal. As a senior, which I know is pretty cool. My ROT, yeah, my ROTC battalion sent a couple of us, and I'll never forget it because I was super cocky because I was branching infantry. The whoever the the person that was the lead, I don't know if it was a regimental commander or the battalion commander, but the dude was going MP. So zero respect right off the bat as Cadet Sean, zero respect as former Captain Sean too. Um, but he came up to me and I like we had to wear the the. TP triangle hat thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from World War II. And of course, I'm going to cock it somewhat to the side because it doesn't look good straight on top of your head. I've seen enough World War II movies to know what looks good. Uh, and my 
you know, I think my head style promotes a better look to the cocking side. Otherwise, I just look like one big nose. And he came up to me and was like, you need to fix your hat in a much less aggressive tone because, again, this person's probably five foot eight going MP. So, you know, you get the picture of what they look like. And I said, no. And then he tried to go get a junior to come tell me to fix my hat. And then I pulled cadet rank and I said, I'm a cadet battalion commander too. We are equals. I'm not listening to you in a much less like formal way than that. I essentially just told him to eat it. Uh, and then we walked on and I was like, wow, this is really dumb. Uh, I can't believe I volunteered for this, (laughs) like standing out here, it's cold for hours. And then I went and I saw the game and, uh, I think, I think that was the year that, that the running back fumbled on the one yard line and that was it. Yeah. I remember that year. I remember all the years. Of course you do. It's the only thing you can look forward to at West Point because otherwise you're sitting in a gray prison. And uh, Yeah, I you know. do remember that. That was Trent Steelman who fumbled it. I remember, and they picked it up and ran all the way back and scored a touchdown off that. I do remember that. I was there that, that year as well. Wow, I didn't even, I didn't even know that, Sean. We were you didn't even know. Place. We would have been we would have been great friends, though, just like we are now. We Imagine same if place. that friendship went back years. We would have, oh, we would have crushed it. Well, that's funny. Yeah, that was, a, that was a year. Anyways, it's fun. It's much more enjoyable when they win. It's fun. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, if you lose, do you read message to Garcia the entire trip back to West Point? Dude, speaking of message to Garcia, pretty funny story. Sorry, I, sorry, I'm digressing really fast from the football diatribe. Our whole podcast is a just a diatribe and a tangent. So let's go. Uh, so. I made my interns, all the interns read message to Garcia. Oh, no. They, uh, you know, like how privates or like even just like junior officers, like second lieutenants, like don't really, you know, I don't know, like just don't have, you know, the, I guess the mental or the confidence to like, you know, do things on their own. Right. And have the confidence. Yeah. 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 Anyways, the same thing with the interns where, you know, they don't know what's how to do stuff but my thing is like a lot of the interns that in our class or in the year that we have they don't their first instinct a lot of them is just to ask how to do it and don't try and figure it out mm. so i made them all be message garcia has not has not instilled into them anything well all right so let's put on our west point thinking caps do you have your 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 bucket hat in the background you can throw on for this and we can we can take it back to step one. I have my bus driver hat, my FA bus driver hat. Mm. Okay, well, not being a West Pointer, I would say if message to Garcia didn't get my answer, did you read anything by MacArthur or Clausewitz that would enable you to answer these burning questions? No. I mean, okay. The what about of the- Art of War? Would Art of War have gotten you the answer? No. I've um, never read Art of War. I have in the bookshelf, never read it. Well, I mean, that's... That's very West Point officer of you anyway. Every single West Point officer's office I've ever been into has nothing but like 30 or 40 books. They all have the same ones, though. It's Art of War, Message to Garcia, a couple books that some other lieutenant colonel that they were vying for a top slot from uh, had. Uh, Oh, Robert Heinlein books. They'll always have Starship Troopers. Oh, love Starship Troopers. Which is a phenomenal book, so I won't. I won't. I won't talk shit on that. Don't that's slander. A, that's a great book, but it's way too cool for a West Point lieutenant colonel 
that likes to wear his Stetson and his Spurs on Thursdays or Fridays in formation. Like that, like you one, shouldn't be doing that. Once an Eagle. Don't forget once an Eagle. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the other one? The bear went over the mountain. That's yeah. I guess some people do. It's a good book uh, or it's a good movie too. Um, and then there's another one from the 101st in Afghanistan. It's like how every single junior officer after like 0809 watched Restrepo like a million times over. Uh, it's the the book about the 101st in Afghanistan that talked about a bunch of battles, I think, at the same time period that everyone would read and say they knew somebody that was there. Mm. You're talking about like Black Hearts as well. Maybe, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Black Hearts is 82nd. Oh. I'm so sorry then to the 101st. Uh, that was another uh, an airborne division. You know, you're all the same. You all jump, right? But um, but um, I still got it. Um, I don't know. What were you talking about? Oh, football, army football. Yeah, leadership. Um, yeah, I would say like it's very. The interns are pretty interesting. It's like uh, they're essentially like privates in the fact that they don't. They're like well. Like fresh second lieutenants and the fact that they're kind of smart and know a lot, but literally can't do anything on their own without like adult supervision. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes, I, I felt that way a little bit in like the first week or two of my internships that I've had where it's like, you generally know what the answer should be, but you're worried about making sure it it, it's the right look you know if you have to write yeah. a memorandum it needs to look the right way if you're i guess now doing is it clinicals would be would that be the right word what these mm-hmm. guys do yeah it, you know making sure you're right. filling out the forms the correct way or you're going about your day you do it once the right way and it's you know beaten into your brain but i prefer the good old-fashioned really just fall on your face hard and don't make that mistake again. But I guess that would be hard to do in a hospital because that would probably entail the patient dying. No, I've definitely had my experiences where I have not done the right thing and they didn't necessarily have a bad outcome, but I've definitely gotten chewed out more than once for things that I've done as an intern, which I've learned fully from, you know, and have since progressed from there. But so I'm in the, I'm in the kind of leadership, like, you know, the camp of kind of like, um, um, I guess like make sure they don't forget that they made a mistake type camp leadership camp. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I've I've been schooled leadership. in that camp as well. Yeah. I don't know. I have uh I haven't figured out a good way of like you know, mentoring the new interns quite yet. I I mean I think you'll get there over time. If you watch Scrubs enough you can get a good amount of how to how to mentor. Or if you watch Catch Me If You Can starring uh, Di- DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Leo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks. He plays a doctor a little bit in that, and he he just says, "I concur." Do you concur? Do you say concur a lot? No. Oh, I guess that movie was fucking wrong. <laughs> but I will say that I have been operating a lot this year, which has been really nice. We're not a that- lot, but like operating decent amount. I have some big cases. Dude, that's so cool, man! That you're you're cutting people up and stitching them back together. Yeah, also like it's looking back on this year and last year is a huge difference because like last year, I didn't really know what I was doing in the OR and like the tending was kind of taking me through the cases, like this the they were taking me through it, like showing me what the next yeah. step, what to do next. 
now this year i actually feel like i'm actually doing the case and i actually know how to do the case now like for i've done a bunch of appendices taking a bunch of appendices out appendixes or appendices i don't know taking several appendices appendixes out. so i feel like i'm pretty comfortable doing that case and then like when i do it with um the attending or the chief resident it's like we're doing the case like i'm doing the case essentially and then same thing with like gallbladder. It's like I've been, I had a, it was really nice. I did, uh, at the beginning of the year, this like couple months ago, I had a really bad gallbladder that was like all like inflamed and kind of like fucked up looking with chronic adhesions and stuff. It's like a pretty tough gallbladder, but I had struggled really doing it. But then this past week, I did another really tough gallbladder and not to like jerk myself off, but like kind of crushed it and did it, yeah. like did it. A lot better than the first time so it's like nice seeing the progression and skills and knowledge and like technical skills really from like beginning of the year or even last year to beginning this year and then now even a couple months later to now it's a nice uh, that's that's so cool man like again putting your like years of of education to practice and people relying on your advice and how you're going to handle their medical emergencies that's got to be one of those moments where you look back and go like I'm the man, like I am now the man. And if you were offended by the way Bobby described how well he took the gallbladder out, I just want you to know we are a sexually liberated podcast. And so we will use whatever description we want to describe exactly how stimulating uh, surgery and or life can be. But it's like kind of cool, like just like the, prog- it's kind of cool to see the progression of like as an intern, like not really knowing much, but now like a year later, I'm actually like, have learned enough of the basic stuff to actually know and learn more about some of the nuances and some of the decision-making aspects of like, you know, like playing chess, not checkers type aspect of things. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. One has different pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like understanding uh, like strategy and like surgical strategy and shit and stuff like that. What would be your dream surgery if you had to do like, are we talking face off uh, where you're, you know, taking one man's face to another and seeing if you can put him in prison to find out about an ensuing terrorist attack or, you know, removing a big toe. What? My favorite surgery, and this is kind of unusual, it is a robotic inguinal hernia repair. That is my favorite surgery to do. A robotic ingrown hernia repair? Inguinal hernia repair. Inguinal hernia. Robotic. Oh, inguinal is the stomach, right? You're groin. You're groin. Oh, it's a groin. Oh, saucy, saucy. Bobby getting into the groin area with a robot arm. Tell me more. Yeah, it's a sweet case. Pretty much you, you know, it's a laparoscopic case. So that means you blow the belly up with air. You put three incisions, like about a centimeter long, um, in the abdominal wall. And you put in these trocars that you dock the robot to. Uh, the robot is the Da Vinci XI. It is a pretty sweet platform. It's pretty much like a million two 1.2 million dollar machine that allows you to That's do dope. surgery inside um inside, like use the robot do surgery but these long like instruments that are articulating so they have like their own wrists so you can like they're super like uh, articulating you do very complicated movements with them and then you have a console um kind of like a laptop or a computer yeah but it's got like a three it's got like a stereotactic imaging so it's like a 3d image um so like with one eye sees something different and the other eye sees something different and your brain makes it a 3d you know what i'm talking about yeah no that so it's a little bit of virtual reality and you're yeah, yeah. you're controlling these articulated 
robot yes. claws. Yeah, I, yeah. And this is a sweet, cool case because like you can see it's like super high definition. And it's like three D imaging, and then oh, you someone's can, grind it from the inside. Oh, so even okay, even more invasive. Yeah, yeah, for the inside of his belly, and then doing all this stuff. But this is a sweet case. I've come to really in, like hernias are like one of my favorite things to fix right now. Like some of my favorite cases are hernia cases. Yeah. Uh, so for lay people out there that are dumb, like this guy right here, hernias are where your stomach like sticks out of the wall of the lining, or or what is? See, a hernia is basically any defect in your abdominal wall where things pop through, whether it's fat or intestines or what have you. Um, it's Ugh. just any defect that pops through. So if like if someone was taking steroids and they had that that steroid belly like that gestation would that would that be like a higher risk of having hernias do you think like the the super pro bodybuilders would have a lot of inguinal hernias maybe not pro bodybuilders but uh there's definitely an association with like heavy lifting and hernias happening just from like the chronic lifting and then um like heavy weights but then also i think it's also only if you're like you're not training for it yeah it's like normal people that like you know they're like peasants no no no, not peasants but like you know like your mortals blue collar guy that like works on like you know as a mechanic or something that isn't very in good shape but occasionally for work has to like lift like a hundred pound engine or something like that with like yeah, or or a librarian that has to pick the new dictionaries up or new Britannica encyclopedias and, sure. and put them in the office. Yeah, 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 like someone that doesn't usually work out, isn't in good shape or strength, tries yeah. something like pretty heavy and then does it improperly, gives it a her- like rips a hernia or something. So ninety percent of the country is what you're telling me has a risk yeah. of getting a hernia. Or a lot of the people in the army too. It's pretty common in the army. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that that is definitely true. Um, how is you know, speaking of, of health of the force, it, and we referenced it earlier, and I say we, the royal we, I, it, it seems like a bunch of O5s keep writing these very public letters about how they're getting out because they refuse to take COVID and they won't, you know, uh, make their body take a chemical that they don't know or fully understand. Um is is that being discussed by anyone? Like any are any colonels coming out and saying, "Don't do this, idiots!" Like, why are you publicly making these statements? I have not seen that on my side, but I'm sure in the force, um, there's probably a discussion in the force. I just don't get it. Like, I get that you made field grade and you have an oak leaf on your collar and immediately you know all about mdmp and making powerpoints and what looks like aerial compared to calibri uh on your laptop but you know it's not hard to make lieutenant colonel right like people understand that that get there like you don't have a dui congratulations stay in long enough you're gonna make 05 like why do these people think they're so special like you are not a value added to to the military you you leaving the military at 18 years like zero value added yeah i think it's maybe i don't know i think it's like people just have a you know a very individualistic approach or view of themselves you know it's that that's a like that classic bias that's like you're think that you're so much better than everybody else around you i don't know there's like a bias there's like a name for it like it's like, it's like a name bias well let's not make it that generalistic because that's exactly how i feel on a daily basis but yeah. 
very high it, esteem of yourself. An overly high esteem of yourself, not not grounded in any real facts. So, like, you aren't covered in cool tattoos, but you think you're cool. Yeah, we should that's have a real bias. I forget what it's called, though. Yeah, what is it? Uh, oh, man, now I, I had it because I've had to remember these when I go into questioning, like, clients and stuff. Uh, I'm really paying. This tuition's paying off real well. Uh, self-serving bias, maybe? Yeah, I mean, that you can rename it. I think we could rename it whatever we want. I mean, people are coming up with a whole bunch of of things. I'm pretty sure that a lot of these military folks are just hoping to be the first to do this so they get their you know, 30 second blurb on, on Fox news, uh, you know, between the hours of eight and 10 PM and then hope that pays off with some government contracting job or working as a civilian in the, the G three, uh, you know, up at division. It's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. The, the amount of times that we've been jabbed with vaccines for shit that you're like, hundred percent are not going to come into contact with this. And then this one that, you know, I understand people are like, we need a booster shot. Well, how effective can the first two be if we needed a third? But at the same time, you know, there is, I guess, a relative body of science. If you're going to go to the doctor to have a gallbladder removed and trust their their expertise there, why are we pushing back so much on something that gives you the sniffles? That, And I'm downplaying COVID, obviously, because, you know, we're funny. But Yeah, Christina has a good, like, she has a good point about, or like a good observation about this recent uh, Delta variant. She says that, like, she says that, you know, she, she's been in the hospital for all the entire time now for both, you know, all of COVID essentially. And the first wave, a lot of people that were dying were like old people that got COVID that didn't have any reserve and died from COVID. But now she says all the people that are hospitalized and dying are all like young, 40s to 50 year old men who are unvaccinated. Yeah who died from it. She said that in the last like week, she had like three or four patients that are like 40 years old die from COVID. They're like otherwise I'm, healthy, otherwise relatively healthy young guys. Uh, they got COVID and then died. It's just frustrating that it's so politicized. I mean, I, I saw a funny uh, meme it, or it might've been like a small gif where it shows the same kind of Trump supporters talking how great, the vaccine development was op- under Operation Warp Speed, and like we need to take this. And then it, you know, it, it showed at the same time uh, a liberal male that was saying we need more time to develop this. I don't trust anything that the Trump administration would put out because it's for political points. Mm-hmm. And now those two bodies of of populations have completely switched with President Biden being in office, and you know they're just repeating what the opposite side was saying. It's like I'm in this st- this stupid loop. Like a, it was in an OODA loop. Like it, it just won't end. Like the, the arguments that some are making, you know, to be free and in control of their body are the exact same arguments that the other side was making six months ago. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty incredible to see how hypocritical people are and also how completely dumb they are at recognizing their positions and, and how similar they were to, you know, a Republican or a Democrat, you know, when, when another person was in the white house. Yeah. It's just like super like self, um, self-serving maybe, self-owning. or just not, not self-aware, like unaware of kind of, you know, everything that's going on. Cause a lot of people just like, are just literally just regurgitating what, 
you know, Fox News or CNN or MSNBC tell them to think. So it's like, uh, you know, a lot of people just lack the the critical thinking and self-awareness to really make their own informed decisions. Yeah, and I, that's just kind of indicative of our, of our society in general. I and mean, we talk about this all the time between eating healthy and uh, people making statements like, oh, if, if doctors are going to refuse to serve people, serve people like they're waiters. If doctors are going to stop caring for people with COVID because they didn't get the vaccine, then we should stop uh, caring for people that are morbidly obese for not making healthy eating choices. Mm-hmm. It's like they're compa- they're making really shitty uh, logic, you know, arguments that are comparing apples to oranges, but you know, the, the, the fallacy that, that reasoning fallacy is just not apparent to them. Um, that's just frustrating though, because I'm sure the majority of people are in the same boat, but it's again, the news loops that's not going to sell and that's not going to get viewers to have someone just report on the moderate position. It's like, we, we have to look at the extremes. And we've talked about this multiple times before with like the media and you know all that stuff. So I don't think it's worth diving into it again. No, absolutely not. You can go back and listen to our podcasts or watch our YouTubes if you really want to know what we both look like. Uh, I, of course, am about six foot five, two thirty five, bronze skin, uh, great blonde hair. I've got about I don't know twenty four inch arms, thirty <laughs> inch ass. legs, very vascular. Uh, I've got an eight pack and a beak. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you need it for getting all the oxygen to my body to sustain that look. And my chest is so big that when I flex each one of my pecs, they make a small thumping sound uh, to which I do the George of the Jungle theme uh, standing in line at grocery stores. And it's oh a real God. party pleaser. Dear Lord. The Rock. I'm basically The Rock. Dwayne, The Rock, Johnson, Camperson. That's me. Yeah, minus 100 pounds. Okay. Well, Bobby, like, he didn't do an Iron Man. You're so right. he, did. he didn't. So, you know, I'm in rarefied air. Maybe I should get a tattoo just so when I get that big, when people <laughs> can't tell the difference, they're like, oh, that, that one's Sean. He has the tattoo. Okay, we're we're good. That's good. That's a great, like I said, we loop back things around, back to the tattoo. Yeah. Um, speaking of tattoos, I gotta finish out my sleeve. Um, but just skip a couple sleeve. groin surgeries, man. You know, I was kind of joking with Christina that I should go get my get an RN degree just so I can pick up some extra shifts. Because I don't know if you're aware of this, but the con- entire country is like very short on nursing and hospital staff. And, uh, so why can't you do that as a doctor if you... I don't know. I actually have not looked into it, but I would not mind, like, on weekends like this where I'm not working, you know, taking picking up a 12-hour shift and making, like, $500 in 12-hour shift. Um, but the point is, like, uh, around here, a lot of hospitals around here are offering, like, $20,000 sign-on bonuses for new nurses. In addition to, um, there are other, like, uh, hospitals that are offering, like, $160 an hour. Damn. Because they're so short on nurses. So it's like, you know, I think like across the country, there is a huge deficit in nursing and ancillary staff. And I'm very interested interested to see in the next couple of years what happens with that. Well, I've got the fix right there. That's not good marketing. If you want good marketing to get nursing staff and even some doctors 
just allow them to do TikToks with the patients. Oh, yeah. Great. Great marketing. <laughs> but I don't know. It's very interesting because, like, it is kind of ridiculous how much money Christina gets, you know, she'll pick up extra time, overtime and get double pay or time and a half or double pay for picking up extra shift. And we've been like doing that a lot recently. Um, well, to, to talk about kind of the financing there, like we've talked about, if you're going to get a degree, like get one that pays, like if you're going to incur debt to go to college, even if you have the sweet Cronus fit scholarship, you know, money, get one that like, don't go get a, a degree in puppeteering. Or don't get a degree in Egyptology where you then have to get a master's and a doctorate so that you can teach Egyptology. That, that, that's a meme. You just stole a meme. You just stole a meme. You just stole a meme. But what I'm saying is that's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> what I'm saying is like if you're going to go to college, get a degree that is, is going to be worthwhile. Like don't go. If you get a general studies degree, cool. Find a, Good luck finding a job. But look at the industries out there. Dr. Bobby just gave you one, like nursing is hurting, go get your nursing degree. Uh, I'm sure even within the the doctor community, there are specialities that are hurting for people. Um, after we make it big, rhinoplasty will be completely out of business because this will be, the Roman nose is making a comeback. But like, do your research. Don't go to college and completely fuck off and not have a plan for when you graduate. Like, Day one, you step in, you have to have a general idea of where you're going to go. Yeah, I would say, like, um, you know, there's been, like, a huge push um, for, like, kind of these softer non-science degrees. But, you know, sciences degrees always, generally speaking, will always be transferable. You know, whether it's computer science or, you know, engineering, those are always, you know, jobs that will always stay there or always available. Um, yeah. I did see that uh, that the it's kind of interesting. I saw uh, I think the Wall Street Journal had a, had a report that said that men are there are fewer and fewer men entering college. I think I saw something like fifty nine percent of women versus forty one percent of men, or the incoming freshman class like fifty nine percent women, forty one percent men, whereas traditionally it's always been the other way. And it's kind of become the same thing with medicine too. Like a lot more men or women are joining medicine now compared with men. I think I saw that too. Like same in law school, the there's fewer men that are enrolling. Um, it's more women. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what the the workforce looks like going forward. I know between that and like the shifting demographic of like the the business professional, mm-hmm. um, we've also seen like a a downtick in um, birth rates and people are getting older when they have kids now and. Like, not maybe our generation, but I'm sure the next, like, by 2050, 2075, I think you're going to see, like, a really big um, legislation initiative come through to make sure that people are given the opportunities and not, like, not just through, oh, no, we take care of, you know, our pregnant workforce. It's like, no, like, legitimately, you're not risking anything by deciding to start a family. Because I think even still now, like, my sister is awesome, but I think she would lose out. Like honestly, if she were to go and and try to have kids right now with with her job, the the, the amount of hours that she's working, the projects that she's on, like she would fall behind somebody. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. But I think they're trying to do that in terms of getting the legislation like that in place now. Well, the problem is they they put that kind of stuff in omnibus legislation, and I I'm sure it's probably part of this three and a half trillion dollar infrastructure plan with the social infrastructure. 
but without dedicating an actual bill to identify just a, a one issue piece of, uh, you know, legislation, we're going to be missing out because otherwise these kind of programs get scrapped or whittled down to mm. nothingness so that the two sides can agree on a much larger comprehensive bill. It's crap writing. It's the reason why people are going to go to courts uh, in years to come. It's or the reason why the Affordable Care Act is, is, is pretty poorly written because it's so big. I see. I see. Interesting. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um... What else do you want to talk about? Uh, that's kind of I think that's like a good good segue. We talked about Iron Man and tattoos. That was the that tattoo one was my big focus. Yeah, I got to work on my tattoo. I'm on nights next month, so I'm hoping that I have some extra time next month to actually do some like life stuff. Oh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, our buddy Nick uh, and his new fiance Chelsea. She is new. Uh, she's out of the box. Uh, he just got her, picked her up brand new. But they've they've been dating for a while now. They listen to the podcast all the time. Uh, they just got engaged. So congratulations to those two living down in Florida, um, you know, and enjoying the sunshine. Yeah, winter's rapidly coming in the, the Northwest. Oh, I can't wait, man. I got my sweaters all lined up. Sweater season. Yeah, I can't wait to go do an outdoor sports she wants to do she wants to do um have you ever heard of hot camping or hot tent camping no so uh, i've never heard of either but apparently she you know she watches all these youtube accounts and all this other stuff she's in, super into that basically it's like a tent that you get and inside the tent it's got like a you know a flue so you have like a wood oh, stove yeah yeah i've seen those like yeah, those yeah those look really cool i would i would absolutely be down to do that yeah, so she wants to get one of those, and then I'm really big into snowshoeing. I never thought I would ever say that before in my life. Like, I always thought it was kind of like dumb to go snowshoeing. You're from Delaware, so there's a reason. That yeah, you're fine but, to say that. But anyways, snowshoeing is freaking awesome. It is so much fun to go snowshoeing. Yeah, yeah I did snowshoeing sweet. in Estes Park uh, last year, two years ago. It was a blast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I went snowshoeing a couple times last year. And it is so much fun because it's like, you know, you like go hiking, you're kind of stuck on the trails. You're like, kinda, yeah, you're kind of like, you know, that's all you get. Well, like snowshoeing, you can walk anywhere with snow. You can walk anywhere. Yeah. Well, it's it's like in the Lord of the Rings, Legolas is walking on top of the snow when Saruman closes the way and they have to go through the mines of Moria. You know, you're like Legolas. You're just you're right on that that level on top. Right, right, right. Um but it's super fun and like it's super enjoyable because it's like it's snowy out and so it's nice and quiet and you're just walking the snow and it's like you can tell it's like not no one's ever been there before it's like pristine snow yeah it's awesome it's so much fun highly recommended if anyone uh for this winter time to get into snowshoeing yeah oh yeah if you get into snowshoeing if you live in an area um and if you don't live in an area uh pcs immediately shout out to carson or for lewis I went to Epic oh. Passes here, too. Yeah, Fort Carson, Fort Lewis. I, it's, Drum has a ton of snowshoeing. Drum does, too, yeah. Um, where doesn't have snowshoeing? Oh, yeah. Any Bra- base in the south. Yeah. Bra- so another reason why Fort Hood's not good. Yeah. I. You know what? Last thing I want to close on is when the fuck are we going to change those, those post names? I am... Oh, it's a matter of time at this point. God damn, why are we memorializing 
one, Confederates, two, dead Confederates, and three, losers, and just terrible people. I don't, like, every single one of those, we have so many great, like, Americans that weren't traitors, you know, like, that we could name places after, and we're still, people are still being assigned to Fort Hood, I think Fort Benning, Fort Stewart, Fort Lee, uh, it's a matter of time, I think. Yeah, it needs to be uh, much quicker than this. Yeah. All right, let's start wrapping it. I've got to go take a dump and then go to Costco. Yeah, I've got to go read. Nerd. Yeah. All right, well, uh, week 19 will be on uh, Siege of Terror this week. we got a week and a half left, and then we're going to get into a much higher intensity kind of cardio anaerobic programming. Um and I'm still coming up with a name for that, but it will also be Lord of the Rings and or Warhammer inspired. So be prepared. I is there any Warhammer books that I can read to start learning about the, some of the lore of Warhammer? Oh my God, is there? Yes, of course. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I will. <laughs> I will send you a, a definitive list. I think you should start with the Horus Heresy. Uh, it's five or six books that you can really get into that will just be phenomenal. Oh my God, Bobby, you just made my day. You made my yeah. day. This is I awesome. I forgot to ask because we went down to Portland like last month at a, the bookshop, uh, the Palace Bookstore. That's what we're talking about. They have a great selection of like used books and stuff. So I was like, I was like, where you know do what? I start for Warhammer? Scratch that. I've got the box of polos that I still haven't sent your way. I will throw those books in there and send them so that you don't have to go searching for them. I'll give you my personal set, and then you can pass those on to your kids one day. Oh my God, this is great. This is awesome. Bobby's getting into Warhammer. Just to understand the references, because I didn't realize how many people were into Warhammer until you started doing the Q&As and people started asking about all these random, what I assume, Q, like not, Warhammer You better stuff. watch your tone. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Pointed questions. Yeah. Not random at all. I don't... I have, I have no frame of reference for Warhammer. I just don't remember I was a kid... People would buy the sets. And they still do. Sets, yeah. yeah, my buddy Alex still buys them. Uh, he's the uh, the tab tanker um, that's down in D.C. right now. So uh, I, I need to get my army I, I recently dug up in my parents' basement, and uh, it needs to be reworked. I need to redo my point allocation. There's some new weaponry that, that has come out, and uh, I think I'm going to switch my chapter from uh, Dark Angels probably to, to Blood Angels. Uh, if you understand, you will understand though. This is gonna be so great. We're gonna have so many hours of podcast about Warhammer, and there's great YouTube out there for Warhammer. Bobby, wow, Christmas came early. I'm excited. I can't wait. Hell yeah, brother! All right, with that, we will catch you guys next time. I will be on nights next month, so I think if we do it on Sunday early or Sunday or something, maybe Saturdays. Maybe I don't have class on Thursday or Fridays, so if Thursday or Fridays also work. Oh, maybe Friday day we can start doing that. Yeah. Some off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'd okay, be great. We'll figure, we'll figure something out. Some more reliable now that. <laughs> All uh, right, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm now moving to the the realm of the night realm, um, night the night shift realm. Yeah. So if you're gonna get injured or need surgery, get injured in the late afternoon, early evening to see Bobby in the hospital. Give me something to do. I'll take your gallbladder for free. Yeah, or an inguinal hernia. Lift something without preparing. Those are those are elective cases. You don't really do emergency surgery for that, unfortunately. Make it emergencies. I love the robot. All right. Until next time, guys. All right. Peace. Peace.